This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck and I'm a writer for The Athletic and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Jimmy Johnson from IndyCar. Still so weird to say that in a way, but the seven-time NASCAR champion is about to do his first Indy 500, so thought he would be a good addition to the podcast. Jimmy was the previous record holder, and I don't believe anybody has topped him for the most 12 questions done. And when we last did the 12 questions in 2020, I did a sign off with him and said, well, you know, thanks for all your time over the years for doing these. And, you know, you're off the hook for the future. But, you know, hey, Indy 500 comes up. It's a good opportunity to do another one. And uh, he agreed to do it again for the 11th time. If you think about it, these interviews are usually about 15 minutes each or something like that over the years they've changed in length but for 11 times doing them that's that's almost three hours of jimmy johnson's life that he's spent entertaining these relatively silly questions so i appreciate him for doing that and let's see how he answered this latest version of the 12 questions all right everybody i'm back with Jimmy Johnson on the 12 questions. This is the 11th time you've agreed to do this. I have no idea why you keep agreeing, but <laughs> thank you for coming back again. Is my high score? You are the high score. Yes. You have the all-time record. You Nobody had matched you, and now you're extending it even further. So I, oh, I don't know. Yeah. You may never be caught. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the first one this year is, um, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? Um, I... I'm not against it. I mean, it's all the math is all done. So everyone has that space. So I don't have a lot of guilt when I when I do so. I mean, um, sometimes it puts me in harm's way of, of a child pulling on the seat or something like that. But I, uh, I, I don't mind it. Well, and, and then with the kids, you know, I, I noticed like, ever since I had kids, when I fly, and there's, you know, disruptive kids, are really, I have like so much more sympathy for them now. You know, like as a parent where before I was just like, oh, God, these kids are doing this or being loud or pulling on the seat. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. When you see somebody upset by children on an airplane, I mean, they're not parents. It's just plain and simple. <laughs> <laughs> they're not parents. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jimmy, uh, how often do you get recognized in the grocery store? Um, pretty, pretty regularly. I mean, living in Charlotte where people are mindful of race car drivers, it is pretty common. Yeah. Um, is it the same, like when you're in Aspen or something, like do people, have people picked up on that when you're around there? No, if, if I'm in Aspen or, you know, we have a, we've had a place in New York, certainly in New York, no one has a clue who I am, which is amazing. But, uh, to that point, yeah. Um, if I'm not in Charlotte, it's, uh, it's much less for sure. Okay. All right. 
Uh, on a scale one to 10, how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner? I would put myself in that eight to nine category. Oh, wow. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, We've I'm gotten a lot of ones and twos points. this year. So. Yeah, I'm leaving a couple points shy just in case somebody's watching that I've snubbed and has, haven't responded to quickly. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I like my stuff organized and uh, I hate looking at my email number or text number and it, and it just anything being there. I like to clear it out, you know, at least once a day. Okay. I, I respect that. Uh, what is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? Gosh, um, my wife has the best communication skills and conversation skills. And it's usually like three or four, you know, it takes three or four attempts and she does it so beautifully where, um, and I'm trying to, trying to take this on, but you acknowledge the conversation that they're having. You then say, it's been so lovely to see you. So nice to catch you up. I'm sorry, I need to get going. You know, so you can't just drop the hammer and, and slide out. We can, but I really don't prefer to. So I'm trying to figure out how to, how to help with that small talk and move the conversation towards a conclusion. Oh, that's really good. That's probably the best advice anybody's given this year. Cause yeah, a lot of people struggle to get out of it with, and it's, it's always going to be feel rude in a way, but that if you can say something nice, like, Oh man, love this or loved talking, but got to go that softens yeah. the blow so much. It seems like yes, it really does. Um, I, that's softening the blow part. I still got to work on it. I'm still a little bit forceful and <laughs> I don't think I'm as smooth as I want to be yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, if you could pick only one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? I'd say Instagram I'd keep Instagram and drop the rest. Okay. You like the pictures? Yeah, I do. And I feel like the, uh, the interaction with it, the people I follow, the window I have into their lives, you know, the content that's on Instagram is, is more me. Uh, I've been trying TikTok recently and it is entertaining, but you know, the way I express myself, you know, it, it's a bit of a stretch. Um, I just can't believe how good these young people are with throwing videos up and editing videos so quickly. Um, so it's a bit more of an effort, not as easy for me. And I, I guess that's what leads me to Instagram. It's, you know, a simple video, a, a photo. Um, it's much more my kind of interaction rate in the way that I, you know, I like to share what's going on in my life. I mean, you did have a good TikTok with your, I was impressed with your transition ability. Actually, you've had a couple with one with your shoe, one with Blake Shelton, where you like stepped on the phone or whatever. And it, it came off. I, well. I mean, I claim credit. Um, I was in there filming and that is me, but um, I have some smart people around me that help with that stuff. Uh, but I, I'm not the one editing uh, those, those great transitions, but I, I hear you on them. Some are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? At some point you got to give yourself a break. I mean, I feel like the mistakes that I've made big or small, you know, they linger, they stick around, they continue to teach me a lesson. There's accountability that comes with it. Um, but at a certain point, I think it can set you back and, and, um, keep you from advancing or growing or moving forward. So there's a fine line there, but I think mistakes are a great thing to spend a little time thinking about and pondering over and, and try to grow from it. Okay. So <clears throat> this next one's a wild card question. <clears throat> I'm mixing it up for each person. And I have a feeling that maybe nobody will care about it, but me, but I want to ask it anyway, because after NASCAR, after, you know, you stepped away, I thought, well, I'm not going to hear from, <clears throat> from Jimmy as much anymore. 
And then um, my toddler discovered Mickey and the Roadster Racers. And on episode <laughs> one of Mickey and the Roadster Racers, you are Jiminy Johnson. Minnie and all her friends talk to you. It's, it, the whole episode revolves around you. And since it's episode one, it plays in my house almost daily. So I wanted to know from your kid's perspective, how much credibility did that give with them and their friends? Like you are in a Disney show, a Disney character, like mind blown. I had no idea about this till I had a kid. Yeah, I I was inspired to you know seek that stuff out once we had Genevieve, and you know they were so young when they watched that, and there are a few others uh, the other shows that I was on, um, Blaze and the Monster Machines, and then Bubble Guppies as well. So there's there's a few cameos that I've made, and I was inspired by my kids watching these uh, these cartoons. When I came on the screen, they were so young, they had no clue that it was me or, or got it. So I should probably revisit that now and see what they think. Yeah, you should go back because, I mean, first of all, it, very impressive with the acting skills. I mean, the voiceover, all that stuff. I mean, it's you really sell it. And also, I mean, just you're such a big character in the show. It's like, wow, this is, I mean, <laughs> big time, very big time. Anyway, yeah, Jiminy, Jiminy had a lot of airtime. The other two, uh, it's a little less, but Jiminy, he, was, he had a whole episode around him. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you don't get blatantly wrecked in IndyCar by other drivers, like somebody would in NASCAR that we, that we see. But if you did feel like somebody intentionally made contact with you during a race, maybe like recently we saw with, uh, Grosjean and Ray Hall or something like that. Um, how would you handle that in IndyCar? Do you, do you confront them? Do you send a text? How does that work? I think the driver interaction is still very similar outside of the car and inside the car i'm learning there are ways to uh, send a message maybe not as visible that you would see within with the nascar and certainly bumper to bumper um, but taking guys off the road sending them wide putting them in the marbles you know there are certainly moves that can happen on track um, a little more subtle and typically doesn't lead to a car being turned around but um you know there's ways to send your message and uh, these guys are pretty good at it Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Um, Jimmy, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? Movie-wise, um, I don't. I, nothing pops in my mind from a movie because my my kids now have their own little devices, and when we travel, they're on their device, so we're not forced to watch the same thing over and over. Uh -huh. But my this Evie just participated in her middle school musical and the musical is around uh queen and all of their songs and i've always been a fan <clears throat> was excited maybe the first month or so of hearing her sing all these queen songs and play them but after three months of practice i am happy to not hear another queen song for a while oh man yeah i bet <laughs> it's amazing how with the kids one little thing that can be good at the start can just get old so quickly you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah they just love it on repeat they just can't move on and then you show them yeah. something you think you've helped them advance but they get stuck on that the next <laughs> yeah exactly 
Um, when you think about IndyCar five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? I don't think I really have any worries. You know, I feel like the series is in great hands with Roger Penske and the group that he has running it. I'm excited to see all the excitement around motorsports in the U.S. Um, I think there's been a lot of uh, discussion around the F1 growth, but I, I still feel like it, it is kind of globally or, or nationally, I guess is a better way to say it, where all forms of motorsport in the U.S. has more interest. Viewership numbers are up. Attendance numbers are up. So I think motorsports is on an incline, and, and I'm really happy for that and hope that you know each series is prepared and ready to really ride that wave and continue to grow. Um, so I really just have more excitement for, for racing in general. The last, you know, 10 years, um, you know, it, it's been, been a little lean. You know, we've dealt with COVID prior to COVID. There was a lot going on specifically in NASCAR with uh, car changes, format changes, you know, really trying to move the needle for the fans to be engaged and to enjoy the racing. And it seems like things have, have changed and turned in the right direction for all racing, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's great. Um, so a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over. But the catch is that you get to retain all the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you accept the offer to go back or do you stay in the present? I still get to experience all the things that I did. I would assume so because you'd have your same talent and skill level, except you would just know more, I guess, from the start. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, but I got to start over, like with no, no guarantees of success. Yes, yes. Yeah, have yeah. To, yeah. Man, it's been a good ride. I'm not changing a thing. <laughs> I'm not changing a thing. I don't want to risk it. That makes sense. That makes totally <laughs> sense to me. So each week, as you know, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. Uh, the last one I did was with Kevin Magnuson from F1. And uh, I'm going to take a sec to read you his entire comment because I, I thought it was worth um, sharing. I'd love to know if, you know, now that he's uh, driving on, on ovals, um, if that is a more familiar environment to him. If he, if there's, you know, is there a lot more that from his past experience that he can apply or use in on ovals with the IndyCar? I know that, you know, it's um, a completely different world to him racing IndyCars at, at road courses. You know, it must be like starting you know from from zero like learning to walk again almost you know he was a, a legend in in nesca but he you know i have a lot of respect for what he's done to step into such a unknown territory and uh you know he he has had the guts to try and and go in there you know at that level in the car um and and you know tackle that challenge is huge huge respect for that so but yeah that would be my question okay. uh, on the ovals if, if there's some of his past experience that is similar or useful there. Yeah, I, that's amazing to hear from him. I've been able to get to know him a little through his time at CGR driving our uh, sports car, and then he's been in the IndyCar a couple of times. Um, you know, amazing guy. I've always been a huge fan of his and, and thankful for that question. And yes, it is like learning to walk all over again, driving on the street and road courses. But thankfully, the Opals, there, there is um, crossover. I mean, there's very little to, to zero crossover on street and road, but on the ovals, um, much is different. But at the end of the day, where you're trying to position the car, the way you're trying to um, navigate the aero deficit following a car, um, the way you defend, 
even some of the adjustments you make on the car mechanically for grip, we're, we're using the same tools. So I feel like the light turned on in my mind about halfway through the Texas race and had a really good finish and, and uh, move forward through the field at that point. So uh, I'm hopeful to build on that, looking forward to the Indy 500 and certainly to the other ovals that are on the schedule for 2022. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so the next interview I'm doing is with um, Connor Daly. Uh, do you have a question I can ask for Connor? Yes, I'm interested to know which of his fellow IndyCar drivers is the most fun. Oh, that's a lot to choose from there. It seems like I, know. I, uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know him more and I feel like, I, I hope that he mentions me, but, but I'm not, not confident in that. Um, you know, after the race, people are in various moods and I always seem to have a little gathering around our bus and we spend a couple hours and have a beer and hang out and really enjoy the moment. I mean, I, I don't know how much more time I have doing all this. So I'm savoring every moment that I can. And Connor's just a guy that save, savors every moment he can and, and enjoys to, uh, you know, live life to the fullest. So we have crossed paths a few times and I've always appreciated the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's enjoying it all and lives in a similar headspace, but at a much younger age of like, you don't know how long this is going to last. I'm going to enjoy every minute of, that I can. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Well, I will use your wife's uh, method and say uh, it was good to catch up <laughs> and I appreciate your time. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, in Indy. All right, man. See you. All right, everybody. There you have it. The person who I think is the goat of NASCAR on the 12 questions yet again, appreciate him doing that. And we have another one coming up with Connor Daly to keep the Indy 500 IndyCar theme uh, going as we roll in through the month of May here, that one's going to be a great one as well. So be sure to listen to that or you can read them on theathletic.com. You can become a new subscriber to the athletic by going to theathletic.com slash 12 questions. Anyway, I appreciate you as always for listening and I will talk to you next time on the 12 questions podcast.